Furious followers, welcome to Coward's Fury or Fury Within. Just Chris here again with an extra bonus bonus episode that I think should prove to be a fun story that I hope you'll find interesting and maybe a bit spooky and given the family name, certainly has ties to crime. But before I get started, please be kind and leave us a five-star rating. It really helps. And consider supporting us by going to our Patreon or our Buzzsprout subscriptions for extra content. If you do, we'll give you a shout out in a future episode. I'll post the links in the show notes. Also, check out our Instagram at Coward's Fury or shoot us an email at cowardsfury at gmail.com. Yes, like I said, this is a bonus, bonus episode. I told you I was trying to grind a little bit this week, starting a new job next week, so fun times. Winchester. What does that name bring to mind for you? Guns? Murder? Target practice? How about a sprawling, confusing, and odd mansion? Or personal tragedy and depression? Let's talk a little bit about Sarah Winchester. Sarah was born Sarah Lockwood Pardee on October 23rd, 1839, at least from the research that I did, that's what I could find, in New Haven, Connecticut. Her father was a successful Finnish carpenter and free thinker. It has been said that Sarah was wildly intelligent. She could speak four languages, Latin, French, Spanish, and Italian, all by the age of 12, and was a gifted musician, and she was also gifted in math and science. She was so well thought of that the New Haven Society would dub her the quote-unquote Belle of New Haven. Quite a title. Now let's talk a little bit about William. William Wirt Winchester, which I think is a fun name. It's like W cubed, was born July 22, 1837 in Baltimore, Maryland. Shortly thereafter, his family moved to New Haven, Connecticut, where his father, Oliver, and a partner would found a successful clothing and manufacturing company. Eventually, Oliver would become interested in firearms and would sell his interest in the clothing manufacturing company and channel his efforts into firearms manufacturing in what would become Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Sarah met William while they were growing up in New Haven, and it was said that William was taken with Sarah's beauty and intelligence. It was also reported that both the Winchesters and the Pardees had several family members that were also members of the Freemasons. It's likely that the doctrines of the Freemasons ultimately had a lasting impact on Sarah and how she viewed the world. The pair was perfect for each other. At least that was the way they felt. She was pretty, smart, petite, and he was handsome and stately and had sustaining wealth. They could build a beautiful life together. They married on September 30th, 1862 in New Haven, where they would settle for a time. Their first few years together were every bit the fairy tale Sarah had desired for herself. They would attend the opera and theater performances together. They might take in an early picture show or attend a vaudeville show. They enjoyed talking and taking long walks outdoors and spending time with family and having some small but lavish dinner parties. Sarah wasn't the most outgoing type. She liked to kind of keep to herself, but she did love her family and want to be around those she loved. A charmed life would be an accurate way to describe their early marriage. Eventually, they would have one child together. Daughter Annie was born on June 15, 1866. That also happens to be my birthday. I mean, not 1866, but June 15th. However, the little family's happiness was not to last. For baby Annie passed away on July 25th that same year, not quite a month and a half old. It is believed that she died from marasmus, or basically being malnourished. This could be for many reasons and wasn't that uncommon in this time frame, but it was likely a genetic disorder that did not allow little Annie's body to properly absorb proteins, slowly starving itself of desperately needed nutrition. No matter what the cause was, the child's death had a profound effect on Sarah, who fell into a deep depression. 
The couple carried on with their lives, albeit very differently than before Annie's passing. While Sarah worked to manage her depression, William worked to build his company. They would not have any more children. Sarah was too afraid and too heartbroken. But this could not prevent further tragedy in Sarah's life. In 1881, Sarah's mother and father-in-law passed away, and then tragically, William lost his long battle with tuberculosis, leaving Sarah utterly alone and wildly wealthy. She inherited 50% of a company worth $20 million at the time, and applying the appropriate inflation would be about $528 million today. No jump change. Sarah would completely change her life and her life view from these losses. She had endured the loss of her beautiful child and now the love of her life. She was nothing but devastated. In her state of grief, Sarah would look to spiritualism for answers. This was not uncommon in the late 1800s as spiritualism reached a peak during this time. For those of the late 19th century, spiritualism was marked by the belief that humans are not gone after death, but their awareness persists. It is also believed that the living can contact the awareness of those who have passed and that those on the other side could still evolve and grow in ways that the living cannot. For Sarah, this must have offered some comfort for her as she tried to cope. Sarah believed that her family was cursed by the spirits of those who had been killed by Winchester guns. She reportedly consulted a medium who told her that the spirits were seeking revenge, and the only way to appease them was to move out west and build a house that would never stop growing. However, an alternate explanation of Sarah's future behavior exists. There are some who believe that Sarah was influenced by Masonic tenets as well as Bacon's Kabbalistic theosophy and theosophical perspectives held by Rudolf Steiner. That was a mouthful, folks. Steiner, in a nutshell, and I'm going to be clear, this is like the 10,000-foot view, so if you're a fan of Steiner, just know that I'm purposefully allowing serious brevity here for the sake of the short bonus show, okay? But Steiner basically believed that there are no bounds to human intelligence, that human intelligence is always and forever building. So that's the key nugget with regard to Sarah Winchester. If she did in fact follow Steiner's works and beliefs, the notion of always growing and building would remain an important one for her. Whatever the true case may be, it is known that she left the States, possibly for a world tour and likely to places like France and Spain where she already spoke the language. It's posited that given her interest and exposure to Freemasons, she worked to gain access to more liberally practicing Masonic temples in Europe, which did exist at the time. But eventually she would return, and upon her return stateside, she gave an endowment to the New Haven Yale Hospital for what would later become the Winchester Chest Clinic, which is now known as the Winchester Center for Lung Disease. She packed up her things and she moved to California, leaving behind everything that was familiar and reminded her of her home and upbringing. But perhaps after being abroad for almost three years, the separation was easier. Once in California, she purchased a small two-story, eight-room farmhouse and ranch in San Jose called Yanara Villa, which simply means house on flat land. Sarah would begin work on the house soon after and would not stop. At some point in the building process, it was reported that Sarah took to a restricted seance room in the house uh, so that she could commune with her dead relatives and that she could talk with them about her unending additions to the house. She did not have architectural plans or designs. She just built. For Sarah, it seemed, if the house stopped growing, she would die. At least that's what people thought. And thus the mansion grew and grew and grew as did the stories that inevitably come with perceived eccentric behavior. But the house took on an eccentric tone itself. There are doors that lead to nowhere, staircases that have dead ends, hidden passageways, and windows that look out into other rooms. It was said that Sarah would sometimes get lost in her own home. She was also a very petite woman, likely around 4 foot 10 inches. 
So she would actually build two doors next to each other, leading to the same place, one for taller people and one sized just for her. Adding to her air of mystery and possibly mysticism, Sarah also had a fascination with the number 13. The mansion had 13 bathrooms, 13 windows in some of the rooms, and 13 steps on some staircases. She actually believed 13 was a lucky number, and she would leave 13 kernels of corn on her plate at every meal. Sarah continued to build and renovate the house for 38 years until her death from congestive heart failure in 1922. There are only one or two photos of Sarah from the time that she lived in the home, and um, when you look at them, it depicts her riding in her customary black carriage. She was seen as recluse and rather mysterious character, only propelling public conjecture and stories. After the, earth, the great earthquake of 1906, the house had taken a bit of a hit. Some believe that Sarah's never-ending construction and odd doors and staircases and secret passageways are more likely the result of repairs after the earthquake. Rather than tearing down and rebuilding, she had workers just seal off areas and just build around them. Whatever the reason for the odd features of the home, it remains, well, odd. And after the earthquake, Sarah actually had moved out of the mansion for a time. I'll tell you about some of the odd features, okay? They're, they're kind of fun. Now keep in mind, this all came from the original farmhouse that only had eight rooms. The mansion would end up consisting of 24,000 square feet, 10,000 windows, 47 stairways and fireplaces, but only 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, and six kitchens. As you can imagine, it's a winding, confusing place to visit. There is also a room with a door that opens up to an eight-foot drop over a kitchen sink. Sarah Winchester passed away from heart failure in her bedroom at Yanara Villa on September 5th, 1922. But Sarah would go home. Her ultimate resting place was in New Haven at the Evergreen Cemetery next to her husband and her daughter. So Charles and I actually had an opportunity to visit the Winchester Mansion a few years ago. It is truly a fascinating place. And I'll tell you, if I were ever to become a tour guide, that's the place I'd want to do it. Especially if I got to explore all around the places and stuff where the public can't go. It's confusing. It definitely has a little bit of a creepy vibe to it but it's also beautiful and full of surprises. I'm not sure if I buy all the ghost stories and such. I'm not a huge like ghost believer, although Charles is. But I think Sarah was just a quiet woman. She was lonely, and she enjoyed building the place. It wouldn't even surprise me if she simply did it to cause people to ask questions. She was an intellect and a creator. And let's talk just a minute about her interest in the Freemasons and Rudolf Steiner. Sarah studied at Yale's, quote, Young Ladies Collegiate Institute, which was really quite rare in the late 19th century. There, and through her connections to free thinkers like that of Delia Bacon, she would have been exposed to some very radical thinking and philosophy for the time. And just for reference, Delia Bacon is the woman who wrote um, what she felt through her research was really about the true authorship of William Shakespeare's works. So I'm going to leave you to Google that one on your own. It's really fascinating. And she was regaled for her work by people like Nathaniel Hawthorne and Ralph Waldo Emerson. And if you take a moment to look up Steiner's belief, you could make the connection to Sarah's later actions. It's almost as if she wanted to give that philosophy of ever-growing a physical presence with her home, like a physical manifestation of a philosophy to which Sarah subscribed. Sarah also had a fascination with labyrinths and places with twists and turns that might make you question where you are, what you're doing, why you're there. Could that be part of her building plan? Exposure to European Freemasons, philosophers like Steiner, would all influence Sarah's way of thinking and acting. There were few who knew Sarah, and so her differentiated thinking and behavior certainly would bring about questions about her state of mind from the public and those who didn't know her. 
But she was also a philanthropist. Yes, she spent $5 million, or in today's dollars, $71 million, to build this incredible mesmerizing home. But she also quietly donated gobs of money to charitable works. It's a shame that we don't know more about this intriguing woman and her philosophy and mindset. My personal opinion, not that you asked for it, is that Sarah's exposure to free thinking, spiritualism, Freemason doctrines, and other philosophical explorations set her on a path to building an ever-expansive way with no thought to practicality, because why does one need that? She worked to physically demonstrate a belief system that was foreign to so many others at the time, and her quiet, unassuming, and demure nature made her all the more mysterious to others. The Winchester House is open to the public 364 days a year, can't go in it on Christmas. You can tour the house and the grounds, which are also beautiful and amazing, by the way. They also provide some light history about the place and about the Winchesters. But to be honest, they, in my opinion, they certainly kind of steer people in the direction of sort of ghosts and scary stories, as well as sort of call into question Sarah's reasoning behind the never-ending construction. I really do hope you get the chance to check the mansion out someday, because pictures just don't do it justice. It's an incredible experience, and in doing the research on Sarah, and I wish there was more, um, she was a really incredible woman. So that'll do it, Furious Followers. Thanks for listening to the mysterious and intriguing tale of Sarah Winchester and her famous or infamous mansion. Until next time, don't get lost. Leave a trail of breadcrumbs. <laughs>